You're listening to the Michael Papinchak Show. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Get things started. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're ready. TMPS 108. Okay. So here's the deal. TMPS 106, you don't need to find God. You need to find your underwear was quite a success with 96 listens. For us, that is huge. And that was a two-hour show. And the next one, guess the body part. I was trying to outdo that, and it only has eight listens. I guess guess the body part just uh, wasn't what people were uh, up to uh, listening to, and maybe they were just a little worn out by TMPS 106. They thought that's just so funny and so much um, information and input, you know, that they just couldn't handle another TMPS for a while. So um, this week, TMPS 108 is late. It is Labor Day, Monday Labor Day. Since I started this show, um, this is the first time I have ever missed a Friday. And uh, there was a really good reason. It was something that I had been hoping to do and take care of and uh, um, kind of, I don't know. It was just something that I was hoping to do for a long time. And it's been a long time coming. And the opportunity presented itself to do. And um, I kind of had to, uh, of course, I didn't get it um, done on on Thursday. So I didn't have anything. So I didn't record on Thursday. So I didn't have anything for Friday. So I thought, okay, um, uh, you know, I'll just do it Friday night. Like I usually do. If I don't do something on Thursday, I'll just do it Friday night. So I'm at I'm at work on Friday and uh, just this the situation that I've been hoping to take care of and do and um, experience and whoever you want to put I'm not going to go into detail as you can hear because I would be talking about it if I wanted to presented itself and so I just took it and it just kept going and going and presenting itself and I just thought okay it's ten eleven eleven thirty midnight looks like. I've missed a Friday for the first time in 108 shows since I started. But it, it was worth it for me. Um, there are things that are more important in life, things that you have to take care of, and uh, um, I'm happy that I was able to to do that. You know, it didn't quite turn out how I wanted it to, but um, it is what it is. That's life. So anyway, I you know also I'm I was just kind of it kind of gave me some time to think about the show and think about why I'm doing it and who's it for, what's it for, what 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 it's about. And I work so much and so hard. Salesman of the month status, hopefully three months in a row. Don't know yet. Um, at least two months in a row, at least back to back, like my boys, the Pittsburgh Penguins might've lost steam there for my third run at the cup. Just, it was a busy month. This is the first month I've ever delivered 20 cars 
20 cars were delivered under my name in August. I have never done that in my entire career, though short, I have never done that. Uh, a couple months ago, I did 19. Could not squeeze out the uh, 20th. This month, the 20th happened. Now, I sold more than that. I sold, I think, 24, but I could only get 20, 20 of them out the door, you know, because that's what you want to do. You want to get as many commitments as possible under many different circumstances, um, whether it be like locating a car. So I located a car on Saturday. I sold three cars Saturday. But only one of them went, and one of them was the the twentieth. The other two are for the future. We will, I will do what is called sandbagging. I will just push those sales into September because guess what? I have to make money in September as well. So, um, I, I've just been so busy, and my energy is very low, and I just, to be honest, don't have a lot to say anymore. I don't follow politics very well, or a lot anymore. Um, John McCain passed away. You know, I, my mom watched his uh, his service on the news and said it was great. Obama was funny, and George W. Bush spoke, and and all this stuff. And then I kind of see on Facebook like Trump tweeted this and that, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. Um, I used to. I mean, I, I care that Republicans and conservatives are winning, and I care that those philosophies or those ideologies are being pushed forward, but basically, all I can do is go and vote and hope my vote counts for the, for the winning team. I mean, I don't think my show or my opinions on the show are going to you know push that agenda further, and I'm just too busy. I'm at work 12 hours a day. You know, when do I have time during that day to like write a little blurb for my show about Trump or politics or whatever? I mean, I have my my minor opinions here and there, but they can't flesh out an hour, an hour and a half for a show. You know, like what is there really left for me to say? And I can't really I mean, what am I talking about work? You know, this person came in, that person came in. I can't really talk too much about that kind of stuff because like, what am I going to say? These are customers. You know, I can talk about, I guess, about funny situations, people I, I work with, um, but, you know, it's just all hard work, hard work, hard work, and then I get home, and literally I leave work around 8, 8.30, depending, and then I'm just dead. I'm, I'm feeling a little sick, actually. I think I'm just getting a little worn down. Um, I think I feel like I'm getting, like, one of those, like, like, head colds, one of those famous sinus infections that I used to get up in um, up in New York City. So, anyway, so I'm struggling with the future of the show. I'm struggling with um, what to say, what to do. Um, I love doing this show, and I, it's literally my favorite thing in the world to sit behind this microphone, record something, and put it out there for the world. And this Friday, what I was taking care of was was more important than that, but... Now I'm, of course, I'm, I was going to get you a show for this week, no matter what. Some it was going to happen at some point, and I've had two glorious days off, which are phenomenal. I'm so happy have two days off in a row. It's like I pretty much slept, 
you know, con- I combined 24. I pretty much slept one of those days away. Thank God. I needed it. And, you know, I have the kind of personality where I get super intense about something. And it's my whole focus. And the show was like that for a long time. And then I got a job. And then my job was like that for a long time, but still doing the show. And so I have found something. And I mentioned it, I think, at the at the top of last show. Um, I started the show a little earlier to give you a little uh, um, a little intro about, about what I'm really into right now. And then Jason came in and we started going off on our tangents. But I've never really been too much in charge of my finances. And I've kind of made money here and there, floated around, got my rent paid, got everything paid, you know, hit stuff up on uh, credit cards and just kind of like hope they could get paid off, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, man, sorry about this. Something just popped up on Facebook. Someone made their cover photo a on Facebook, a photo of um, like the finale of a show that I was in when I was in New York. And, oh, my God, this takes me back to a different time. Wow. Look at this. So it was this show. Um, God, I can't remember which one this is. Coming to America, maybe. Regardless, it was this musical theater showcase, and there's a bunch of old friends from New York, and there's me. Wow. Taking taking me back. Sorry about that little tangent there. So anyway, um, anyway, let, let's just get to the point here. Everyone's been on my ass by getting a sports car, little Porsche or something. Um, don't, I don't really want to, I don't have, don't really have any interest to, but you know, I thought I am in the business, whatever. Maybe I could get a little fun card as a zip around in. So I was watching a video about how to buy a, um, sports car. And this guy mentioned, um, how Dave Ramsey would do it. And he would, you know, save up enough to buy a $5,000 car cash and then after several years, maybe get a $10,000 car cash using that one as a trade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you keep going until you eventually can pay cash for maybe one that's 50000 or maybe even one day 100000 And I'm thinking, Dave Ramsey, who the hell is Dave Ramsey? I've never heard of Dave Ramsey. Like, I don't really pay attention to, I mean, I guess I know like Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins, you know, money is only a small part of, of his thing. You know, Tony Robbins is really just much more of a motivational speaker. And if your issue is that I need to make more money, he'll try to kick your ass into making more money. But then he talks about relationships. He talks about all kinds of things. So he's much more about just motivating you as a human, getting you to the point where you 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 can do things. You are good enough. You don't have to let your psychology hold you down. You can break through and become great, right? So that's Tony Robbins. So I'd never heard of, of Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a, um evangelical Christian who has a radio show. He teaches a certain way of handling your finances. He is completely anti, um, anti-credit card and fully into getting out of debt 100%, having a zero FICO score, 
closing all your credit cards and living off cash, um, investing in your 401ks, um, uh, growth stock mutual funds. Basically, he just has this whole system of how to manage your money and basically bankroll your whole life using cash. He is totally against debt, loans, student loans, anything of that nature. He thinks if you can't pay for college in cash, you shouldn't go. But he also believes that if you want to go to college, you should go to a cheap in-state college. So uh, if you're in Tennessee like him, you can go to the University of Tennessee, let's say, for ten grand a year. I don't know if that's correct. Let's just say ten grand a year. But if you're out of state, if you're me from Pennsylvania, it's going to be $35,000 a year. So obviously, unless I have that in cash, I'm not going to the University of Tennessee. His idea is that you don't need to be a Harvard grad to be successful to retire as a millionaire. But what I'm most interested is this, in when I found him, because I I don't know much about it to be completely honest. I don't really have any kind of system or idea of how to manage money, handle money, and I'm actually in a position right now where I'm consistently making money. Unlike with opera, where the money was sporadic, and I kind of had to hold on to it because uh, I didn't know when my I'd get my next paycheck. Now I'm a little more consistent now. I do have an irregular income, which is extremely hard to overcome. But let, let's get down to his system. So why why have I gone from you know other things? Why has this become uh, a, an obsession with me? I have an obsessive personality. I obsess over things, and just like the show, I wanted to get the best equipment I could, do the show as professionally as I could. I was obsessing over it. I wanted to be great. I want everyone, I want millions of views for every, or, or millions of listens for every show, right? But life changes, things happen. The, kind, the, the nature of the business I'm in is I get very little downtime to program for the show, to think of ideas, and the show is kind of, you know, for me, uh, petered off a little bit for that. And I hate doing shows alone like I am now. I, I I don't like doing them anymore. I don't I need someone here because when Jason's here or when an, another person, Alexa, whoever, there's no there's just hey, what's going on and we just start talking about random shit. So let's talk about the Dave Ramsey method because that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm into. That's what I'm obsessed with. Um I I all, it's all about debt reduction. I have lots of student debt. I have a bachelor's degree and master's degree. I got to pay all that shit off, plus uh, obscene credit cards and all of this. And you want to know something funny? Nordstrom, where I used to work, has this policy that you can return anything at any time for any reason. And so I have all this stuff from Nordstrom. I thought I'm going to go because even though, and I'm going to go through this whole Dave Ramsey system, um, even though I'm not including the Nordstrom credit card in, in what's called my my debt snowball, which I'll explain in, um, in a little bit, that's still debt that I've attributed to. And so I'm thinking I can return the stuff from Nordstrom and help w- help push that debt down as well, even though I'm not really taking full responsibility for it. So I, I take it down there. I hang out with it with my buddy, Chris Webb. I'm thinking, let, let's return these things. It's Nordstrom. Could not do it. They did not show up in the system. Could not make it happen. They could not be returned. And I'm just wondering, WTF. Now, here's the thing. I may have purchased these things as an employee and therefore maybe 
they're not returnable. Don't know if that's a thing, but that's what we concluded is that maybe for some reason, because I might have bought them as an employee, that I cannot unreturn them. So here's the deal. Number one, Dave Ramsey method. You have your baby steps, right? I should probably look, look them up here. Let me just look them up here so I don't, I don't say them wrong. Dave Ramsey baby steps. Okay, here we go. Seven baby steps, okay? All right. Number one, save $1,000 in your emergency fund. Now, the baby steps are designed solely around getting rid of debt and being able to pay cash for as much of your life as possible. But actually, basically, no, for everything in your life. Because once you get these baby steps rolling, you cut up the, the credit cards. There's no more personal loans. He doesn't even, like, like I have credit cards right now with high interest rates. He doesn't even really recommend opening other credit cards with zero intro rates. So at least for 12 or 18 months of this process, you're not paying interest. Because to him, you're opening another card. And that's potential for um, more spending. Plus, what if you transfer debt to that card, you end up, you know, going beyond the um, introductory rate, and now you have 22% interest or whatever. So at the end of the day, in his mind, you're going to be paying down this debt so fast that, that the interest rate's not really going to matter. So save $1,000 in your emergency fund. Just have $1,000 set aside, whether it's cash in your sock drawer or in a savings account. Don't let it become part of a overdraft protection. Just $1,000 that you save for a rainy day. You don't use it unless it's an emergency. Your transmission blows, a medical emergency, something of that nature. You do not use it um, uh, unless it's a true emergency. A thousand bucks doesn't sound like a lot of money, but the whole point of this system is that you're paying off debt as vigorously, as intensely as possible, as Dave Ramsey says, with gazelle intensity. Step number two, pay, all, pay off all your debt using the debt snowball. Now, um, this is something that I actually have been slaving over um, since I, I was introduced to Dave Ramsey, trying to figure out my debt snowball. And so what, what you do is you take all of your debts, not including your house. Now, I rent, so I don't have a house. I don't have a mortgage. But let's say you have a mortgage. Um, don't worry about the mortgage. That is... Um, uh, baby step number six. So number two does not include your mortgage. Step two in your debt snowball, credit cards, medical bills, uh, student loans, stuff like that. Um, car loans, things of, of that nature. He hates leasing. I, I'm that that I, and I lease my car and I, I I just wish I could get out of it. but I mean he literally thinks leasing is just uh, the worst possible thing that you can ever do with a car. And uh, he's actually kind of right once you do the math. So pay off all your debt using the debt snowball. This is what you do. You list your debts regardless of interest rate and from smallest um, uh, balance to highest. Now, let's say you have two, two credit cards. They're both four grand. Let's say you have, okay, let's say, how about two grand on two credit cards? Equal, equal balance or very close to equal balance. You put the highest interest rate first. But in general, you go smallest to largest. And then you pay off as much as you can on the smallest one and pay the minimum payment on, on all the others. Now, when I first heard this, minimum payment, I thought, okay, so 
I was quite I was kind of wondering, okay, so you just pay like the minimum payment. So the minimum payment is going to change over time because you are paying off this debt slowly, but the stuff that's not first in line, the the stuff down the line, you're paying it off a little slower and then later you'll hit it like really hard at the end. So I found a debt snowball calculator and according to this debt snowball calculator, you pay the minimum payment today for until you can pay it off. So for my debt number two, something that I'm not going to be hitting hard until week, I'm sorry, month 15, I'm only paying the minimum payment today. I'm not going to pay the minimum payment next month, which will be lower than the one today. I'm going to lock into the payment that is today. So if your payment is, if your minimum payment is $100, you're going to pay $100 regardless of what the actual minimum payment is because the minimum payment is going to go down. Because you're paying $100, and then the debt's going to go down a little bit, so then it's going to be 95 96 You just keep paying that, that $100 from when you start, the first month you start. You lock in that, 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 that monthly payment there. You just lock it in until you pay the debt above it, and then you can add whatever you're paying to that debt to the new debt. So, um, so here, here's one way to do it. Here's an interesting way. Uh, let's say you're your lowest debt, right? Your lowest debt, your your uh just to use round numbers, your minimum payment on your lowest debt is 100 bucks. Let's say you're able to add $200 to that. So now it's going to be $300. So now you're you're tripling your your uh minimum payment to pay down that debt faster. Okay? And then your next debt is 150. So 300 bucks, right? I'm going to pay that till that's paid off. And then the next one's 150, and then I'm going to add the 300 to that. So now the payment on that is 450. So I've taken a 150 payment for the past, let's say, 14, 15 months, and I'm now making it 450. 150 to 450, which accelerates, or how a snowball. You roll a snowball, gets bigger and bigger and bigger after you know you roll it through the snow. So your payment is picking up speed. And this is an accelerated way to pay off debt. And so I, I am 100% into this, trying to figure out how to make it work. I have made spreadsheet after spreadsheet. I've used loan calculators, all kind of stuff. And what I did is I had a very small uh, payment left, excuse me, small payment left on, um, on, my, on a watch that I bought. And I, I just paid that off. So I've taken that out of my debt snowball. If you have like something where you only owe two fifty, let's say you have two fifty on, you went to Pier One, opened a store card, and uh, you got two hundred and fifty dollars worth of throw pillows, just get two fifty together and just pay that one off. That one's too small. Just just get rid of it and attack your 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 other things. So the, I think the debt snowball, my my debt snowball is going to take over four years. It's going to take almost five years as of right now. So if I was if I had Dave Ramsey here, he would go, Mike, that is just way too long. We got to cut that in half. So how do you cut that in half? Well, I'm going to tell you how he would advise me to cut that in half. Because just like when I started the show, I listened to Howard Stern on repeat over and over and over and over. I have listened to hours upon hours of Howard Stern to get into the rhythm of how a radio show works. 
So when I'm going to change my finances now, I have listened to hours and hours and hours worth of Dave Ramsey podcasts, radio shows, YouTube videos, you name it. So here we go, Mike, here's what you got to do. Get rid of your fleece. He calls it a fleece. My, uh, my, my car is a lease. He calls it a fleece because they're just fleecing people. It's the most expensive way to own a car is, to, is when you lease a car. Okay, it is the most expensive way, and dealerships love it. Car manufacturers love when you lease. They hate when you pay cash. You have to know that. People think, don't I get a better deal if I pay cash? No, because we'd rather you lease or finance because that makes us more money. Well, anyway, it's a little, a little secret there for you all uh, out there going to car dealerships. They hate when you buy cash, and there's no better deals for buying cash. We would prefer you to lease or finance. So he would say, get, get rid of my car. And save up enough to buy like a $5,000 or maybe like a $1,000 super junker cheapo car. And I was looking them up the other night. I was looking up $1,000 cars because I thought to myself, you know, what's this $1,000 emergency fund? Well, I had more than $1,000 in my savings account. And I moved the rest of it out to help pay on on this debt. So just to to leave $1,000 in that emergency fund. So I thought, you know, I, let's go buy a $1,000 car and try to get rid of this lease. $1,000 cars are pieces of absolute shit. Um, the ones that I found war, were uh, not through our shop, probably has tran- transmission problems, uh, won't pass PA inspection, great Ohio car, because Ohio doesn't have inspections like we do apparently. You know what I mean? So I thought, okay, I I can't get a $1,000 car. I just can't find anything. I mean, I didn't look like extensively, but I just can't find anything that I think would, you know, be suitable. Um, So I just said, you know, forget that. We're not going to do the $1,000 car. So he would say, get get rid of my lease. So that that would free up my car payment every month to put towards debt. Again, accelerating my my debt snowball. Get get rid of cable, something I have not done. Uh, thought about doing that again. So instead of paying for cable, I can put that towards my my debt snowball and um, and accelerate it. Now I only added two hundred bucks a month to that first payment. Now you can add, of course, as much as you want. And my goal is to accumulate money to keep attacking it. Okay, so I, I'm selling stuff online. I'm putting stuff on the Facebook Marketplace. I just sold a really expensive Louis Louis Vuitton wallet. Um, got about half of what it's worth. Doesn't matter. I can put that towards the first debt. You know, accelerate, accelerate. Try to put as much as you can. He would recommend that I get rid of my car. My rent is way too high for my um, my monthly income, but I'm stuck here. I don't. I can't get out. I guess I. I don't know if I can get out of it. So moving back in with my mom would ex- would put an extreme accelerator on my debt snowball. Extreme because my rent that I pay out of my checks, my my uh, my uh, my uh, commissions and everything every month would just go directly to my debt snowball. It would super super um um accelerator um to that. Uh, what else would he recommend? Another job, deliver pizzas. You know the only real day I I get off are Sundays. Well, what could I do on Sunday? Could I deliver pizzas all day? Um, like what could I possibly do, even if it's just enough to add to that, to that monthly payment on each of my, on on whatever debt I'm working on, what can I do to accelerate the uh, debt snowball? And I've had trouble with this, um, 
because of my budget, which I'm going to get to now. Before you do any of this, you have to budget. A lot of people that he talks to, you know, they don't make a lot of money. And they, you know, saving $1,000, he says, could be really difficult or could be really easy. For me, it was really easy. I'd saved over $1,000. So all I had to do was just move everything out of my savings but $1,000 to, um, to start paying off all of, of, this, of this debt. So you have to have a budget. He has a great app called, called Every Dollar. I would recommend this app. Go to it and start budgeting. I budgeted for the first time in my life. The amount of money I spend on eating out is ridiculous. I am, I am so sorry, Bamboo, but I, I just I think we have to break up. If I just stopped eating out, that money could go towards this. I mean, he would recommend, like he goes, and you don't go to a restaurant, or no, you don't see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. That's what that's what he would tell you. Because to him, he's an evangelical Christian, and his financial view is very Bible-based. And I wish I had the Bible verse in front of me. Maybe I should have looked it up. But when you know you are slave to the lender, those who have debt are slave to the lender. And he does not want you to be a slave to Visa, to MasterCard, to American Express, to Fannie Mae, Sally Mae, whatever the fuck. None of that stuff. And I have, I mean, I've been blessed that I've been have I've been able to have help. Because there's no way I could have handled this student debt on my own until now. And even now, after I wrote it all out and got a, you know attached to my federal loan stuff and made my own sign-in and changed the addresses to my address, I had a panic attack. So the debt snowball is a really long process for me. Um, my debt and my income are equal, which I still don't know how he recommends to handle that. Most of the time, people are, well, Dave, I have $25,000 in debt, and I make you know, $60,000 a year. Okay, well, you know, your debt is less than half of your income, so in a couple years, as long as you live on rice and beans, beans and rice, like he says, you're going to be able to pay it off in a couple years. You know, get sell everything that you can. I mean, I, I built, I built, I, I put this little boutique in my living room. It's called Michael's Closet. And if you are interested in any of my stuff, I'm selling a whole bunch of stuff to help accelerate this. Shit that I don't need because apparently I can't return it at, at Nordstrom. I'm just getting rid of it. Just getting rid of it all. Uh, selling it. I'm, I bought a new grill. I'm selling it. I'm just selling it. I'm never going to use it. I, I bought this grill and all this stuff, I'm just never going to use it. I've just decided this grill is going to sit here. I bought it over a month ago in the middle of the summer. Let's grill out. You know, Jason brought over some furniture. I'm just never going to use it. You know, the this kind of shit has to stop. Buying stupid shit I'm never going to use, like a Louis Vuitton wallet, which I didn't even like. I Oh, I like the wallet, but I don't like its functionality. I like my, my George Costanza wallet because that's my personality. That's what I like. You know, so the debt snowball. Um, look, look into it. Um, like me, things he keeps things kind of vague because he wants you to go through his financial peace university to get more detail. Because I, 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 I emailed the show, and I said I need a little guidance and help. They want you to pay for the financial peace university, and they want you to use their, um, 
the people that they recommend in your area, which I did. I did email. They they like so they recommend um, financial advisors in, in your area. Um, ELP, I think it's called. Anyway, um, so like he 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 really wants you to use those. So they're not going to give you a lot of detail about how to do the debt snowball beyond. List your debts from smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate, and vigorously attack the one at the top of the list, you know, the smallest one on the list, vigorously attack it, get another job, sell everything you can, um, you know, get get rid of cable. Like, my cell phone bill, which I can't get rid of, is atrocious. I mean, if Dave was my personal financial advisor, he would be like, you know, Dr. Phil, Mike, you are an idiot. My, I live way beyond my means, way, way, way out, way out. And like, he would be like, Mike, you have to somehow double your income or I don't know if you say double, but, um, you know, get, you know, just, you got to get more and more income because the only, in his mind, the only way to build wealth is your income. Debt does not build wealth. Okay. You want to stay out of wealth as much as possible. Okay, so okay, so let's say I stick with this debt snowball that I have right now, and in four years, four years, which I'm gonna find a way to accelerate it because that's just way too long. It's just way, 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 way too long. So either I'm hoping to increase my income uh, or reduce my my expenses somehow to accelerate this. I mean, I, th- I think if I'm still in this situation in May, when when my lease is up on my uh, townhouse. I will move in with my mom, and therefore I will have my my rent payment available to me. It'll no longer be coming out. Well, well, put it this way: if I move back in with my mom, not only will my rent payment go away, but my cable payment, my gas, my water, and all of that. Basically, the majority of my expenses will disappear if I move back in with my mom, and therefore I can I can extremely accelerate my 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 debt snowball into a freaking debt mountain okay snow mountain everest okay so let's say you've paid off your your debt snowball okay now i want to i want to mention something let's say during your your debt snowball you have an emergency and you deplete your thousand dollars you don't continue your debt snowball until the one thousand dollars is back in your emergency fund and i have to tell you it is extreme you know um it is pretty extreme um uh, I mean, for people who really can't pay their like debts, you know, uh, he tells them just don't pay them. Let them kick and scream and cry. But he says you have to have your four walls up before you can pay your really high debts. You, the first thing you have to do, and this is what the every dollar budget is for, and it's called every dollar budget because you need to make sure that every dollar you make has has a name, whether it's savings food, rent, every dollar you make has to have a, have a place to go. Okay, it has to have a name attached to it. You can't have any just money floating around. Um, you know, so you need to have food, shelter, you know, lights. So basically like let's say I was just starting from scratch. Okay, food. How much money do I need for food a month? And he recommends using the envelope m- method. So let's say it's 400 bucks, 100 bucks a week. Okay, so I would take 400 bucks in cash out of my account, put it in an envelope, and that's my money for food. And that way I can really keep track of it because that's super important. And then keeping my lights on, my electricity, my paying my rent. Those are your four walls, keeping your life together. Now, 
I, I recognize that I don't necessarily need to do this stuff to the extreme. I am not destitute. I am not behind on anything. I don't have creditors, uh, you know, debt collectors at my door. Uh, everything's on time and, and ready to go. And he said, you also have to become current on, on everything as best as you can. So after those four walls are, are set up, then you can figure out, okay, what do I get rid of in my life to be able to start attacking debt, you know, in this stuff? But let's say, you know, you have five different debts on your list and you can you can't, you know, you can't even touch four and five. Then don't. Just tell them you don't have any money. He he also recommends like like negoti- like negotiating down debt. So let's say you have fifteen thousand dollars worth of debt. Say, listen, I have five grand. That's all I can give you. And they might take it. And then just forgive um, the rest of it. I mean, it's, this is fascinating stuff. You know, and it is one point of view. It's a very interesting point of view. I'm sure there are many people who would disagree. You know, oh, well, M- Michael, keep your credit cards for an emergency. Well, for him, that's why we have an emergency fund. Okay, that's why we have that. Okay, so you don't need, need a credit card because that just slows down your uh, debt snowball. Now, I have not cut up my, my, my credit cards. And I am struggling with selling things. I don't want to sell this wallet. I like to know that I have a very expensive Louis Vuitton wallet in my drawer. I never use it. No one ever sees it. But I just like knowing it's there. I think it's really cool. But I'm, I sold it. I sold it, and I'm going to ship it out, and it's gone, and I'm going to get money and put it towards my, my, my debt snowball. So let's say you've now completed it. You are now debt-free. What's next? Well, what's next is that you save three to six months of expenses in your savings. So you add on to that $1,000, and let's say your expenses every month are, is three grand. So you would need to save nine, at least nine grand, just to have nine grand in an emergency fund. That way, if you, if you get laid off, you, know, you lose your job or something happens, you have nine months worth of expenses that can float you until you get a new job or some new income. Then after you do that, let's say you you save your 9,000, let's say it's $9,000. You save your 3 to 6 months of expenses. You still have your job. Then you invest 15% of your household income into Roth IRAs or pre-tax retirement. So he always talks about Roth IRAs, 401k's and um, growth stock mutual funds. That's his huge huge thing. A Roth IRA means after tax. So it's a it's a, it's an account it's it's an account you it's a, it's a retirement account you put money in after the money's been taxed. So I get paid a certain amount each month, it's taxed, and then I get a check for the remainder. So I wouldn't put money into that Roth IRA until after it was taxed. The nice thing about it is when you when you can finally get it out of the Roth IRA, when when it uh, matures, I don't know, I don't know what the age is, 59 and a half. I don't know what the age is. I'm not an expert here. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm just telling you what I become um, obsessed with. And I'll know more about Roth IRAs when I'm into step number four, which could be five, six years from now. Who knows when I'm going to be in the Roth IRA uh, status? I have no idea. Unless I get some kind of big promotion, change jobs, or move out of this apartment, and I can accelerate my debt snowball to the um, like nth degree. Okay, so, so the great thing about a Roth IRA is when you take the money out of it, when you turn that certain age, it's tax-free because you've already paid taxes on it. So if I make five grand in a month, five grand, I'm only going to get a check for, let's say, 3,500 because there's like taxes. 
So I take 100 of that and put it into a Roth IRA. That money's already been taxed. It's not going to be taxed again when you get it back. And he says, basically, he says this. If I took 100 bucks a month and put it in a good Roth IRA, Roth IRA growth stock mutual fund that is 12% return on average. Now, people say that average is way out there. It's way, way high, but he claims it's possible. I don't know because I'm not at that stage. But let's just say it's possible. It averages. It averages 12. So maybe one year it's six. Maybe one year it's 18. It averages 12. Okay. Um, by the time you retire, you'll have over a million dollars and you'll retire a millionaire. Okay. So that's his, his mindset. His mindset is if you have a car payment of 300 bucks a month that you continually have through your life, instead of having that car payment, you put 300 bucks in a growth stock mutual fund, Roth IRA, and you'll have $3 million by the time you retire. That's his mindset. His mindset is debt holds us back from building wealth. And that's what I want to do in my life. Is that what you want to do? Don't, don't, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to build wealth? Don't you want to retire a millionaire? So your children can have a more comfortable life so you could teach them how to handle money properly and say, wow, look how great my parents did things. I should do that too because they got to retire with a million plus dollars and they got to enjoy their golden years. And then when they pass, here's so much money for our grandkids' college and they could help you out with, with the baby steps. And then after you save 15% of your um, household income in Roth IRAs or pre-tax retirement, then baby step number five is um, save for your college fund in cash. And this means that they don't get to go to a big fancy school unless it's a free ride. They got to go to a school that, that you can afford and pay cash for. Do not let them get student loans. Do not let them go into debt. Then step number six is pay off your home early if you have a mortgage. Then step number seven is build wealth, build wealth and give. He is really into giving. And again, this goes back to the evangelical Christian viewpoint that he has in giving to others. You're not building wealth to hoard it. You're building wealth to create security for yourself, your family, and then to give you the ability to give and help others. So his wealth building is not, you need to be greedy and hoard it all and be Scrooge, okay? He's not Scrooge. He's, the, he's, he, he's Scrooge at the end of the movie, at the end of the play, at the end of A Christmas Carol. That's Dave Ramsey. That's what he wants you to be. He wants you to live smart. He wants you to take gazelle-like intensity Beans and rice, rice and beans, destroy your debt to give you the freedom to build wealth and give. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. It's pretty phenomenal. It's hit me super hard. And you know, if you know me personally, when I get hit hard by something, whether it's love, whether it's this show, whether it's my work. You, you know what I did today? I stopped by the dealership and I put business cards under the um, windshield wiper of as many cars as I could 
knowing it's Labor Day, people are off, they're going to be wandering around. Whether it gets me a sale or not, it doesn't matter. Because I'll go by tomorrow morning, pick up those cards, and do it again next weekend. And if one, if I get, think of, think about this, how much are business cards? 30 bucks, 50 bucks for a thousand? I don't know. I don't remember. If I sell one car out of that, I've paid for two or three more boxes of business cards. You know what I mean? That's the difference between 19 cars and 20 cars is my ability to go and my, my, my effort to go to the dealership, put my business card under as many windshield wiper blades as I possibly can, hoping that one person picks up that card, sees my name, calls me tomorrow, and buys a car. But that's what it takes. Gazelle-like intensity. I have taken gazelle-like intensity to everything in my life, and I'll do it to this, and I'll figure out a way to turn this debt snowball that I have right now into five years and knock it down to at least two and a half or three. Um, basically, I was thinking to myself, you know, I needed to find, I needed to have some kind of calculator, something to figure out how long is this debt snowball going to take? Because in my mind, this is the this is the biggest baby step in my mind. This really is the most difficult and craziest baby step. And I think it's hilarious that he calls them baby steps because um, there's nothing there's nothing baby about them. Okay, these are major, major, major steps. These are adult steps. This is adulting. Okay, millennials, hashtag adulting. Hashtag winning, hashtag pay off my debt, hashtag, hashtag Dave Ramsey. Okay, that that this is serious shit. This is adulting at its like 100% gazelle-like intensity. Okay, for me, maybe for some people, a thousand bucks is hard. But for me, boom, that's done. Baby step, baby step one was done in a millisecond. Okay, baby step two could literally take years. When it will, it will. And I needed a way to figure out, okay, I have no idea because my, 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 my income is irregular, so I have no idea how much I'm going to make in the next year. But because of the irregularity, I'm kind of being on the conservative side. Okay, so I believe I'll make this much. If I take the last three months of uh, take-home pay, okay, average it, uh, multiply it by, by four, four quarters, okay, three months, four quarters, then that's my take-home pay. That take-home pay that I calculated equals my, my, my debt, which is daunting. Because like I said earlier in the show, he deals with a lot of people whose debt, whose income exceeds their, their debt, though he does have it the other way around. Well, Dave, we have $200,000 $200, worth of debt, and combined, my husband and I, or my wife and I, only make $65,000 a year. He goes, that's stupid. Who's the doctor? Who's the lawyer? You know what I mean? So they have to completely change their lives. They got to move in. They got to sell the house, sell the cars, move in with their parents. Get he actually, he actually, for me, I think, would recommend renting. Because I had an issue with, with my plumbing. I call my landlord, say, hey, my, my plumbing screwed up. He sends somebody and they fix it. Now, would my mortgage be would my mortgage on this townhouse would would it be less than my rent? Yes. However, what I'm paying for is the fact that when something happens, 
I'm not financially responsible. So let's say the guy came and said, Mike, we have to replace all the plumbing in this side of the house. It's all screwed up. I don't have to pay for that. It's not my house. I don't own it. You know what I mean? So he would actually recommend renting because you um, forfeit a lot of the financial responsibility of owning a house. Re-roofing, not cheap. Putting gutters, not cheap. Resealing a driveway, not cheap. Fixing plumbing, getting new carpet. I'm not responsible for any of that. I pay my rent. I make sure I don't burn the place down and that's it. So um, I lost tra- my, uh, my uh, train of thought there. To be completely honest, I got really, I got really going on this whole, uh, this whole um, why I rent kind of thing. But anyway, um, oh, I remember now. Flipped upside down. So move in w- with your parents, um, get six jobs, deliver pizzas, uh, work bus tables. I mean, he is gazelle-like intensity, man. And I got to tell you, got to look up Dave Ramsey. He was there. He was a millionaire by twenty-eight. He was bankrupt twice. And that's where all this all this came from. You don't have to be a slave to this. You can retire a millionaire. You can build wealth. If you get up off your keister, get focused, and make a plan. Making my budget is very difficult. I really don't know how much I'm going to make month to month. So what he recommends for an irregular income like my own, you take your lowest month and use that. Only budget to that. So whatever your lowest take-home pay was, budget to that, okay? And then you make a list of things that didn't make, so the four walls, you list food, rent, et cetera. And then maybe that highest student loan you have, because I have, I have four students, excuse me, four student loans. You know, my, my student loans are, are um, they're usually four, three or four or five or whatever. It's, not, it's usually not, not one big, big loan. It's usually smaller ones. So he would say, all right, well, you got to make that list so long that you're never going to hit everything. And maybe you don't get to those fifth and fourth and fifth loans or whatever. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't, you don't get to those. And they're going to call, kick, kick it and screaming, but you say, I just can't afford it. It's very interesting. It's intense. It's intense. He's from the South. He has a lot of videos on how to sell and buy trailers. Interesting, very interesting stuff. I don't think he really recommends them per se. I think he'd rather you have a brick and mortar home because they're worth something. But I guess a trailer is a trailer and, you know, whatever. But, um, I'm gazelle-like intense, and I hope maybe Dave will will hear the show, and I hope I explained everything properly. As you can see, I'm talking fast. I'm excited. It's the excitement. Like, he talks about it. Like, I'm holding this piece of paper, and I'm seeing all these numbers and all these dollar signs. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is going to take me, at at this pace, at my current pace, 57 months to become debt-free. That's a... That's like financing a car. That's five years. It's a five-year finance on a car to pay off all of my debt. But I'm thinking to myself, month 57, balance amount, zero, 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 zero. 
that just gave me chills. Thinking that at one point I'm going to hold the printout, because I have a printout here in front of me. It's the calculator. It has every single month. It lists 57 months and my payment on each debt for each month. At the end of 57 months, month 58, zero. I will have zero debt. Now, I'm going to try to accelerate that faster, but just based on this calculator, just adding $200, just saying my lowest minimum payment is $100, and that's true. It's $100 on one of my, my credit cards. This month, my minimum payment is $100. So if I add 200 to that, if I just find 200 bucks from selling that, that wallet, from maybe going and delivering pizzas, which I probably won't do. I probably won't do a second job only because I work so hard and I actually, salesman of the month status, um, um, hashtag not number one. I actually make a, make a pretty good living right now selling the most cars out of anybody in my, um, in my dealership so or in my uh, group. So um, I am making pretty good money there and I do need to relax. This, so usually the last week of the month, I don't take any days off. And this Thursday, Thursday is my day off. I, I went into work. I got a deal together, um, did all of this work, and I thought I'm just going to work all day, try to sell another car. And by 11 a.m., I left. I said, I'm out. I got to take a day off. And it was the best thing. You got to have time off. I know if you do Dave Ramsey and your gazelle-like intensity, you work to the bone. But I'm also... I don't think I'm in the position, and I guess he would say, don't do Dave Ramsey-ish. Don't do, don't do baby step number two-ish. I'm not doing it-ish. I'm gazelle-like, Dave. But I, I, don't, I think I make enough. Um, especially, I just canceled my gym today. I'm going to cancel my cable. I'm trying to find money. I'm trying, it's called found money. I'm trying to take money and put it into the snowball. Get it into the snowball. So right now, it's with 200 extra bucks a month on my lowest payment. I probably can bump that up and, and get this gazelle. This this Because right now, my, my, so my death snowball is not, not gazelle. It's like a rhinoceros. It's kind of big and fat. and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hippopotamus. That's what I want to say. Hippopotamus. Big, fat. It's, it's like a manatee. It's, it's like a manatee right now. I need to be gazelle-like intense. Gazelle. That's what I need. But that's what I'm into, guys. I'm sorry for missing Friday, but um, something needed to happen, and it happened, and I'm very happy that it did. And uh, and I hope to never miss a Friday again, but now that I have missed a Friday, I've set a precedent where maybe shows won't come out every Friday. Maybe I'll just do them as I please, you know, because I'm gazelle-like intense into this debt snowball. Maybe one Friday I'll be so into the debt snowball I can't do a show. I'll just be, I'll be gazelle-like intense into my death snowball. That's what I'll do. Well, that's what's going on in my life, people. And uh, it's time to grow up a little bit, you know? I've had a lot of fun in my life. I've done a lot of, a lot of cool things. I wonder how much of the debt is all this equipment. I wonder how much I get for all this equipment. No, nope, I'm not selling it. I'm not doing it. The only, thing, the only thing I could think of doing is just never having a co-host again, only doing shows on my own and selling all these extra microphones and selling my big mixer, going back to my small mixer, selling all the headphones, all this extra stuff. But I, I won't do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. Sorry again for missing Friday. The first time I've ever missed since I started. 
So whatever I had to take care of, they should think of themselves very important in my life. All right? Guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week on The Michael Papinchak Show. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.